0: Greetings and welcome to HPNA's Podcast Corner, your place for hospice and palliative nursing continual learning. I'm your host, Julie Tanner, certified hospice and palliative care registered nurse and manager of nursing education for HPNA. Thank you for joining today's education. Good afternoon and welcome to HPNA's Podcast Corner. Thank you for joining us today for episode eight of our series. Today I'd like to welcome Cindy Stafford of HTA's Podcast Corner. And Cindy's an expert level advanced palliative nurse practitioner whose career began at the staff level in acute high level patient care where she transitioned to clinical hospice nursing role and from there proceeded to advance her degree to becoming a palliative nurse practitioner. Cindy currently holds three national board nursing certifications. And advances care through funded grant research and publications. Contributes to the education of the specialty through faculty and editorial contributions and publications. And is committed to her continual learning through organizational membership and support of HPNA and other organizations. And serves our specialty nursing association at the highest level. In addition to cl- sending clinical contributions. She offers herself and her time to international communi- community humanitarian outreach, all of which exemplify excellence in palliative nursing through her engagement in transforming care. And Cindy, thank you so much for joining us today. Our listeners welcome you as well. And we appreciate you taking the time to to lend us your voice oh. so we can get get started with the bit, why don't we kick it off with uh, you telling us a little bit about yourself.
1: Well, uh, thank you, Julie, and I'm so excited and honored to be asked to do this. When I look at those that have already been interviewed, I feel very humbled to be sitting in this chair and thank you for so many of your kind words. Before I tell you a little bit about myself, I'd like to bring up something about another podcast. Uh, This is the podcast, Jerry Pal, and the hosts are Drs. Alex Smith and Eric Wadira, and they have guests that discuss the intersection between geriatrics and palliative care. And before the podcast, they asked their guest to request a song that has to do with their topic, and then Alex sings it. Now, Julie, I'm not going to make you (laughs) sing a song, uh, but if we did, I would request uh, the Queen's song, We Are the Champions, as this would be the theme of our time together about palliative care. Now I, I, I see beautiful Cindy. So we're not going to sing, okay? But that would be it. Um, a, a little bit about me. Uh, uh, Julie uh, paid me some wonderful uh, statements there about my my very uh, varied career. Uh, very uh, honored to have had this career. But I'm married to my sounding board and. He is retired and volunteers with Habitat for Humanity. And we have two adult children who live in and near two cities that I love, Philadelphia and uh, D.C. So when we visit them, we get to not only see them, but two great cities. Uh, I'm very proud of all of them. I have been a nurse uh, for 40 years, and sometimes I kid. People that I actually started when I was 12, um, but we all know that's not true. Uh, I did 15 years of acute care, and then about 12 years uh, as a hospice nurse. And I joined uh, HBNA NA very early in my career, as can be seen by the number on my membership card. It's only four digits. <laughs> that's impressive, uh, Cindy. To- that-
0: That is impressive, those four-digit numbers, you have been here for (laughs) decades. You
1: you often wonder what was the first social social security number, Uh, what did that look like? Um, (laughs) I then went back to uh, school and graduated from University of Maryland as a geriatric nurse practitioner, and I became one of the first MPs uh, uh, in Maryland with a hospice agency, and that was years before the face-to-face. Later, our health system uh, asked us, our hospice agency, to start a palliative care consult service in the hospital, and I spearheaded that. Then a very treasured colleague asked me to come to North Carolina to be part of what she was constructing across the health care system there, and that's multiple teams of palliative care consults uh, in multiple hospitals, and I joined a great palliative care team. Um, I've been privileged, as uh, Julie has said, to be part of HPNA educational uh, docket in the review courses and writing some educational material, and I've co-teached with some wonderful people, and as um, another thing I was privileged to do was uh, another team member we partnered with the nurse manager of a senior behavioral health unit and with the grant fundings we introduced um, multi-sensory stimuli for patients that were admitted with dementia with adverse behaviors and we were able to see that there, the fall rate and the use of PRN medications for behaviors went down with that. And, and currently, I'm attending seminary while I'm working, and I find that has enhanced my practice, and I hope to add chaplaincy to my roster at some point. So that's, that's me, Julie. You got it. <laughs>
0: A remarkable woman, and your contributions, Cindy, I I just can't thank you enough for all that you've done to help advance this career, and you're you're just, you're an inspiration to us all, so thank you for sharing that bit about yourself. Um, Let's move on to some interesting points about your actual care um, within palliative care and hospice. So what led you? To the field of hospice after you were working in the, uh, the acute care? What, what made you decide I want to go be a hospice nurse?
1: Uh, Julie, that's a great um, question, and, and it's always good to reflect. And what I saw was that we were giving care, coding people that we should have been talking about what we're doing before we're doing it. And then I had a personal experience. My first husband. Uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and then his request, because treatment was not working, was to die at home, and I went through that, and at the time, there was no hospice home program, and so I decided to join hospice after that experience, and initially, it was inpatient, and then an outpatient um, group uh, offering was established, and I went off totally then into home visits with hospice and i've always been a bedside nurse and i've loved my hospice time and then i've also loved the challenge of hospice inpatient consults with palliative care so a full rich um, career
0: well cindy thank you for sharing the story about your husband and I think that that story rings true to a lot of us that are now in hospice and palliative care is that personal experience, that personal connection. And I think that it makes us a, a remarkable group of, of clinicians and team members that provide this care to our patients because we're caring from the heart. And that story just rings that true. Thank you for, for sharing that with us.
1: No, yeah, and you're right, Julie. Often a, a hospice nurse, a palliative care nurse will share some personal touch that's brought them in, into their profession. Yep.
0: So is there a specific aspect of hospice and palliative care that you enjoy the most?
1: I, I think because it's whole person care. Uh, yesterday I heard a podcast of a scientist who was talking about the importance of whole person care coming from a neuroscientist and I believe a, a piece of that is communication and that's key and I love to see patients and families have an aha moment as we're talking about their illness, their options and their goals and then to see these blend together in a plan that's all about them and I also love symptom management that can change that quality of life. And sometimes the communication and the symptom management can feel like we are indeed champions. I sometimes think that when it all comes together, it feels like magic. And, um, and these patients and families often need that champion to be able to look at the big picture with them. And I, I think that's indeed what I love so much about uh, hospice and palliative care.
0: Well, Cindy, I wanna take a moment here and also recognize that not only for your patients and your families, but you also have been remarkable in providing that supportive role to your colleagues. Um, me specifically, I can recall your helping me through the challenges of the diagnosis and dementia with my mother helping me to understand about settings of care, about what to expect, what to anticipate. And in those really, really dark hours, when you feel like that you don't know what to do, that voice of someone that just tells you it's going to be okay, you're going to get through this, um, makes it all somehow bearable. And so your, your contributions, not only again to your patients and your families, but but to those of us, you know, that work alongside you in this beautiful specialty, um, we we really appreciate that voice as well. So I want to thank you personally for that, for what you had done with me with that situation. Oh,
1: thank so you. in
0: reflection, um, what do you find to be the most difficult aspect of this career in palliative care?
1: Uh, you know. Uh- as you and I are speaking, the, the listeners are probably thinking, oh my goodness, there can't, this, this all sounds like butterflies and pixie dust. Uh, but there is indeed some difficult uh, aspects of what we do. And I, I think the biggest thing when I reflect on this, um, Julie, is the technology has out, and and that is the conversation about the judicial use of the technology so that we on the medical side are helping and not hurting the patients. And, and because there is a technology or intervention, does that mean that it should be used? And we need to ask that question. Is it the best thing at this time for the patient? And to have that dialogue with the patient and family. And I think that's, again, where palliative care, especially, uh, can be that champion, willing to have the courage to have that discussion. Um, One of my favorite singer-songwriters is Sarah Groves, and she wrote a song about growing technology after hearing a bioethicist speak at a conference. And the chorus of the song says, who's going to stay here and think about it? Who's gonna stay here and talk about it? It seems like everybody's left the room. There's no one here to talk it through. And I think palliative care and and hospice should be the one that stays at the table and then beckons others to come and talk about it. And uh, so that's one of the, the challenges I think we face with our specialty.
0: That's a great analogy and a great, great verse to a song to help us try to connect with the complications that we do see in in palliative care and in hospice care. So Cindy, what have you found to be the most rewarding aspects of your palliative care or your hospice career through these decades of of service to patients?
1: I, I think it's the connection with people. And just like you shared, when we could connect and, and talk about your mom, and that, that was very rewarding to me to just be able to be a sounding board for you uh, during that. And, and, of course, listening to people's stories and, and being invited, the, the privilege of being invited into their space when they're at their most vulnerable uh, to be trusted as another human being a- enough to to be there, and, and I think another rewarding aspect is to teach others the principles of palliative care. And I- I've had the uh, opportunity to do that with other nurses, with family medicine residents, and onboarding the chaplains to our uh, team, and. There's an old adage that says, if I give you a fish, you'll eat for a day, but if I teach you how to fish, you'll eat for a lifetime. So if we can bring and teach some of these principles to other healthcare uh, folks, then they're able to use them to bring more quality care to the next patient that they intersect with.
0: That's another beautiful analogy uh, to be able to expand our our knowledge and share our knowledge with others that are going to be providing this care. I know Cindy, that your support and participation in teaching our folks about certification review course and how they can, you know, advance their career in hospice and palliative care through doing certification through HBCC, you know, the contributions that you've led with that from the past three years have been remarkable in the number of people that you've touched. And, and that's, that's just yet another example of sharing that knowledge and, and helping to facilitate um, advancing, advancing expert care. Thank you. So as far as let's go back to a difficult question. Um, What is the most difficult question that you've been asked by a patient or family? And how did you respond to that?
1: Boy, there, there have been quite a few, uh, Julie. Uh, the one that comes to mind, the, the question that came from the patient was, why didn't they tell me? And, and the story behind that was I, I was asked to see a patient in the hospital, and the caregiver asked me to be very upfront with the patient uh, and about their current condition. And this patient was dying of metastatic uh, cancer. And in fact, when you went in the room, she was quite a bit jaundiced. And the patient also wanted me to be straight with her. So I I told her where she was by the data in her disease process. And she became very angry and not angry with me, but angry with her oncologist. and she told me that there was things that she wanted to do, and now she felt very robbed uh, of the time to do them. And I felt kind of helpless. All I could really do was comfort her with her new knowledge and and unfortunately, Julie, she died during that hospital stay. So that that was very difficult because. She again felt robbed of time and again it's part of that going back to communication and the big picture and being real with people and giving the truth about what's going on so again where palliative care can sit in the in the arena
0: So how about a family or a patient that stands out in your pilots and nursing career that you'll always remember and why them? Why will they be your touchstone?
1: Yeah well of course that person just because of that difficult part for her uh, but I I smiled Julie because uh, there's two that come quickly to mind from my hospice career and then one from my palliative care career and in hospice i we had the privilege of going into a small community of amish that uh, were in our care area and they were very hardcore amish you know there was no electricity we had to be very inventive when it was time for oxygen and um, they took me in and felt that they could trust me in their community and to the point that they even invited me to the funeral and their viewing was in their home. And so that was a whole different culture and, and just very rewarding to see that. And then I had another patient in my hospice career that he must have thought that I was his uh, legacy for teaching because I w- he was um, had end stage uh, multiple myeloma and I-, I remember he would start out by saying now Cindy I want you to listen to this and two things that he really left me with was he told me that he really he asked how much time he had and he told me that he really Wished he hadn't asked. So he said, Now, Cindy, promise me when other people ask you that, you say to them, Are you sure you want to know? So he's always talking in the back of my head whenever I get asked that question. And, um, and then the last one was an ICU family uh, doing palliative care. And after I, we talked about the reality of the situation, the spouse said to me that she felt that I was sent to say and to be exactly what they needed at that time and that was humbling and just again some of those goosebumps moments that were lucky enough to have and so that was some patience that really hit me.
0: Well when you said those goosebumps moments just as you said that about the palliative care family in the in the icu that literally was a goosebump moment for me i do think that we find that we are where we're supposed to be at the times that we're supposed to be there and our families uh we we that's our purpose is to, to support to advocate and to listen and these stories are all shared under that nature I every the three that you just shared totally totally bring that to, to, to the forefront thanks for sharing them too yep so what's your vision for hospice and palliative nursing
1: oh boy these questions um there's a scripture verse julie that says without a vision the people perish and uh, Ginger Marshall, I believe, is really setting a, a wonderful course of uh, vision for HPNA. and But as to palliative care in general, I, I've um, joked before with uh, one of the chaplains that we'll know that spiritual care has arrived when a specialist comes out of a patient room and yells, get me the chaplain. Um, I think that palliative care nursing will be on its way to arriving when nurses in many specialties, such as oncology, nephrology, ICU, et cetera, are dual certified in their own specialty and then also in palliative care nursing. Uh, the overarching principles of palliative care are skills all nurses should be taught and then used daily in their practice. I I believe that, uh, again, will arrive when we see that.
0: It reminds me of a quote that I heard early, early on in my palliative care career that um, was, actually from from Patrick Coyne down at the Medical University who said all care is palliative care. And you think about that, and with that vision that you just said about nursing being dual certified, for the specialists to recognize the multidisciplinary or interdisciplinary approach to care, we are in a position that all care is palliative. It's supportive, yeah. it's comfort. and um, that that's, that's it's, it's a beautiful vision. So, Cindy, this is going to be a hard one. This is a hard question. Knowing what you know now, what words of advice would you give your early self about a career in hospice and palliative nursing?
1: Mm. Oh, my early self. Well, I, I think, Julie, I, I'm going to talk uh, to my younger self, but then I'm going to steal the opportunity to talk to nurses that may just be starting a hospice or palliative care career. Uh, When I think of this question, there's another song, and you're going to think that's all I do all day is listen to music. But the the title of the song is Dear Younger Me. And uh, so if I was talking to younger me, I would say to remember that this is That patient and family's journey. It it isn't mine. Uh, I sometimes I walk away from the bedside when a family has not made a decision that I think is congruent with what we were talking about. And my phrase is not my mom. It's not my dad. I I've got to recognize that it's their journey. And just my role is just to relax and walk beside them while they're trying to figure it all out. And I think another thing I would tell my younger self was to give more grace to myself and to others and to again, relax and just be in that moment and be present. And I think another technique that I've learned over time that I wish I would have known earlier is answering a question with a question. And what I mean by that, for example, is if a patient says to me, do you think I'll get better? Saying back to them, what does better mean to you? And then it gives the opportunity to the patient to explore and to dig a little deeper. And then together we can dig a little deeper into what they're looking for. Now, for all those younger nurses uh, that may be starting their career, uh, I'd encourage them to join HPNA, uh, to get certified, uh, to stay current in the field. There's smart briefs from uh, HPNA and smart briefs from the American Academy of Hospice and Palliative Medicine. Um, and speaking of that, go to the conferences with, um, I think, HPNA and the American Academy is only uh, the only one I know that's a duel uh, of medicine and, and nursing together. And then, of course, there's the Center to Advance Palliative Care. And there's also an international conference in Montreal with the granddaddy up there at McGill University. And then networking with others, and of course, always saying yes and volunteering for an organization, and also to have a self-care strategy early on in your career. Um, we are some of the statistics are uh, staggering of how folks in hospice and palliative care burn out, and the current staffing is not able to meet the need. So again, the, the importance of teaching primary palliative care, but also to nurture those that are in, currently practicing in the field so that they can keep doing what they're doing.
0: So Cindy, you brought up a really good point about self-care, you know, fighting compassion fatigue. What, what do you do? to continue your career in palliative care, how do do you take care of yourself? Uh,
1: Well, I I think seminary has been wonderful for me. And then reaching out and not only being in your day-to-day experience, but also what the association does, talking with colleagues. And of course, the biggest thing is using your team support um, I, I work with some wonderful nurse practitioners, a fabulous doctor and our social worker and nurses and chaplains all come together. And we often use dark humor to help us us uh, cope and to tell stories and debrief together, uh, I think are very important. And of course, what nurtures a lot of people Uh, reading, music, nature, those things that feed the soul and the mind and help the body keep going.
0: Well, Cindy, I want to thank you for sharing this remarkable journey of your your career in hospice and palliative nursing through through the, the four decades of your being a nurse. And, want to thank you for taking the time today to share that journey with our listeners, as well as giving us insight into things that have been challenges, things that have been rewarding, how you see the vision for hospice and palliative nursing moving forward, how you got where you are today, and also to recognize the contributions that you do every day to help support patients and families during this critical time of serious illness. It's, um, it's really, truly been quite remarkable, Cindy. And so I wanna thank you. This will conclude our episode eight of Podcast Corner, who we had with our guest today with Cindy Stafford. And thank you very much.
1: Thank you. You know, HPNA offers volume discounts on certification exams and HPNA memberships. The Employer Partner Program was established to partner with employers to support your nursing care teams through education and training. To learn more about the Employer Partner Program and find out if your organization qualifies for volume discounts, visit AdvancingExpertCare.org/employer-partner.